Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. Jesus never promised his followers an easy life. In fact, he said believers would face greater hardship and persecution in earth's final days. But take heart. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah returns to Matthew 24 to offer words of encouragement and tools for building endurance. With a spiritual pep talk, here's David to introduce his message, In a World of the End, Be Determined. And thank you for joining us today. I don't know if you felt like this, but in recent days, I'll have to admit there have been some days where I just had to talk to my body and say, body, get up, get going, start doing what you need to do, do what's next on God's list for you today. And determination has been a big part of it. You know, we don't always feel like doing what we need to be doing, but we have to have divine determination. And uh, that is uh, discussed a bit in our Lord's sermon that he gave to his disciples on um, the Mount of Olivet. We're going to talk about that today and tomorrow. In the world of the end, be determined. And uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I feel obligated to tell you that there are only three days left for you to get a copy of the book, The World of the End. This book is brand new. It came out October the 4th. You can find it in bookstores across the country, in the big stores, in the little mom-and-pop stores. It's in Hobby Lobby, believe it or not. And uh, you can get this book there, and it will be a blessing to you and help you as you try to sort out what's going on around you. What in the world is happening? What is happening to us? Well, I can't give you all the answers, but I can tell you that on the Tuesday before his crucifixion, Jesus sat down with four of his disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, and answered their questions about the future. And their questions are similar to ours. When will these things be? What's going on? How do we understand the future? Jesus gave the most important prophecy that ever came from his lips when he spoke these words, and we have been devoting our attention to them over this last month. We're almost finished with this series, so if you've missed it, here's some things you can do to catch up. You can get the book by sending a gift today, and you can go to our website, which is davidjeremiah.org, and there you can order the study guide and the CD or DVD packages that will help you recover everything you've missed. Most important of all, because we're running out of time, be sure to order your copy of the book, The World of the End, and you do that by sending a gift to Turning Point before the month of October is gone. And when you send your gift, ask for your copy of the book, and we'll send it to you wherever you live, however uh, much you're able to give, whatever you believe God wants you to give, do your best, and then just ask for the book. And it's our way of saying thank you for believing in what we're doing and helping us get it done. It's our privilege to do it. Well, here we go. This is uh, In a World of the End, Be Determined. Flying across the Sahara Desert 
of North Africa is an incredible experience if you have a window seat. For hours and hours and hours, the only thing you'll see is scorching expanses of sand. This is the hottest, harshest desert on the earth, and it's as big as the United States, including Alaska and Hawaii. Along with sand dunes are gravel-covered plains, salt flats, and barren plateaus. The eastern boundary of the Sahara is the Red Sea, and the western edge is the Atlantic Ocean. It's like America between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, except it's all Death Valley. One November morning, three men dipped their toes in the cold waters of the Atlantic in Senegal, and they began to run. Their goal was the Red Sea, some 4,300 miles away. Charlie Ingle, Ray Zahab, and Kevin Lynn were attempting something never before conceived in history, to run across the Sahara Desert. They were doing it to raise awareness of the millions living in Africa without access to clean water. But according to Charlie Engel, he and his friends were also driven to be pioneers. The challenge of doing something that had never been done before really appealed to all of them. Their journey was plagued with challenges, some of which were geographical. Their route ran through six different nations, Senegal, Mauritania, Maul, Niger, Libya, and Egypt. They endured blazing temperatures, sandstorms, government corruption, and sometimes had to run on two-lane highways where cars whizzed by at over 100 miles an hour. The physical challenges were even greater. The three friends averaged almost 40 miles a day, and there were several days in which they ran the equivalent of two marathons back-to-back or longer. Each runner had to work through more than 50 blisters on his feet. They lost weight, they faced dehydration, and they slept no more than five hours every night. But the biggest obstacle for the runners was mental. It was much more of a mental exercise than physical, said Engel. It was much tougher on the mind than it was on the body. Near the end, the runners were seriously breaking down. Two suffered from severe tendonitis. All three were dealing with intestinal viruses. Their feet had swollen into another shoe size. The youngest runner, Kevin Lynn, began to talk openly about giving up and going home. As expedition leader Charlie Ingle encouraged him to stay the course, to keep trying as hard as possible until the last moment. It's something I've learned from adventure racing, Ingle said. Don't ever pull yourself off the course. Go until you can't go because something might change. You keep going. And they did. They dipped their toes in the cold waters of the Red Sea after 111 grueling days. It was an unequaled feat, and I don't mean F-E-A-T, but F-E-E-T. An unequaled feat of endurance. If you were to check through the dictionaries and online resources, you probably couldn't find a better definition for endurance than Charlie Engel's statement, you just keep going. You just keep going. That's what it means to endure. That's what Jesus communicated to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. 
as we have learned so far, the signs of times about which Jesus prophesied were frightening and frightening to me. He warned about deception from the outside and inside the church. He warned about famines and earthquakes and pestilences. He foresaw tribulation and persecution, lawlessness and lovelessness, and even those who professed to be Christians, he said, would fall away. But all the negatives lead to an incredible positive, a phenomenal promise found in the 13th verse of Matthew 24. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, I know that sounds a little bit contradictory to what we normally talk about when we talk about salvation, but if you'll give me a little leeway here, I'll straighten that all out for you a bit later. The promise was true for Christ's earliest disciples as they endured attacks from the Roman Empire and the religious leaders of their own community. That promise has been true for all who have remained faithful to God's kingdom throughout the ups and downs of history. And that promise is especially critical for us today as we approach the world of the end. Yes, we're going to face obstacles and difficulties. In so many ways, this world is a giant Sahara desert. But we have a race to run, and we cannot give up. We must keep going with enthusiasm, with strength of Christ within us, and the victory in sight. So let's begin our journey through this passage and this short verse with the strength of our stand. Let's look at the first part of Jesus' promise. But he who endures. Hmm. The scriptures are packed with admonition and encouragement for God's people to keep going in tough times. That's why we love the Bible. Because we go through tough times and we open the Bible and there's something to help us get through it. We know that. You all have come to me on occasion and said, how did you know what I was going through? I don't know. I just read the Bible and I preach it. And the Bible covers the issues. We certainly face obstacles and difficulties. In so many ways, this is like a Sahara Desert. But the scriptures help us. And the biblical writers employed many terms to describe the quality of character that it takes. Endurance, steadfastness, faithfulness, perseverance, and so on. But the basic idea is for followers of Christ to keep following Christ all the way, no matter what happens. Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Paul instructed Timothy to keep going in the face of trials. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Sometimes people ask me, how are you doing? And I hear myself saying, I'm soldiering on. We soldier on, don't we? We keep going. A few verses later, Paul added to Timothy, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. <laughs> but the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And then James wrote, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now the Bible word for endure in Matthew 24 is a word which means to stay or remain. 
to lock your feet in place and not move. So the picture Jesus used to describe those who endure is those who are determined to stay under the load until Christ lifts the load. It refers to submitting to a specific directive or command and choosing to stay in a certain spot, even if others have moved on or moved away. We might say that today while we're watching all the values of our world being decimated, we are not going there. We lockstep in the place that we know is right and true. And no matter what else is happening, we shall not be moved. In today's terminology, we might say, It's the person who hangs on to the end who shall be saved. That's not easy. It takes a lot of strength to hang on. We often think of endurance as passive. It's not passive, I promise you. Did you ever endure a lecture from a boring teacher? That's passive. (laughs) What about suffering through an all-night shift? In cases like that, you just grin and bear it. It's passive endurance, but Jesus is not talking about passive endurance he's calling for endurance and it's a command for his followers to take a stand to push against the current and refuse to be moved to hold firm in their convictions and their character even when it seems like the whole world is against them paul wrote to the earliest believers these words he said finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Did you know that in the Bible there is no instruction for us to attack? The instruction is for us to stand firm in the ground that we have. We didn't get that ground ourselves. It was given to us by Almighty God. He doesn't ask us to do anything except stand strong and defend our territory. There's no place where we attack. We stand, and standing is hard. You know why? Because we want to attack. Almighty God says, I want you to have the endurance and the strength and the courage and the steadfastness To believe what you believe, to know what you believe, and stand strong in that belief, no matter what anybody else is saying. Let them believe what they want. Some of it's so crazy, you wonder how any intelligent person could believe any of it. And yet, here we are. The strength of our stand. Notice, secondly, the stamina of our stand. Running across the Sahara Desert takes stamina, which is a word having to do with resilience. We not only endure, but we endure till the end. (laughs) Notice the middle section of our Lord's sentence, but he who endures to the end will be saved. The end of what? It's widely debated, and if you read 10 commentaries, you might get nine different answers, but to me it's not difficult. A perennial stamina. First, we're to keep on going until Jesus comes for us or calls us home. We're perennials, not annuals. By that I mean we just keep coming back again and again. This is not for a short time. This is all the time. We have two stopping points, the rapture or death. And we keep going until one of those two things happens. God has called us to be faithful. John 17, 4 says, Jesus said, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Those are the words of Jesus as he talked to his father toward the end of his time here on earth. He said, 
I have finished the work that you gave me to do. We're to pursue the Lord's will and calling for our lives until we can say like Paul the Apostle, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. What I'm talking about today is in this generation in which you and I have been placed, not because we chose to be here. God could have put us down. Any, I could have been a Renaissance man, and you could have been any place. But he put us here. And there's never been a time like this. I admit that. I watch television every day, and I think, oh, my goodness, where did that come from? This is crazy what's happening. And so we've gone through this whole series of all the stuff that's happening, and it's almost like at the end the Lord is wrapping his arms around us and saying, look, here's what I want you all to know. Stand firm in what you believe. Stand strong in what you're committed to. Don't be wavering by what's going on around you. You don't have to attack it. Just stand against it. Stand strong. We don't have to use our own strength even because we pray like the prophet Isaiah prayed in Isaiah 33 too. Be our strength every morning. Isn't that a great prayer? You can personalize it. Lord, be my strength every morning. Isaiah 33 too. Or we can claim Isaiah's promise. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. For those of us living in the world of the end, Jesus' words are a call to keep going as the signs of the times are exploding around us. We're to run through the smoke. We're to run through the trembling earth, through the spinning battlefield, and through the agitation of our age. We cannot stop until Jesus comes. Our calling is a road that has no off-ramps. <laughs> it's a road straight to where God has called us to be. The attitude doesn't always appear as public feats of gallantry. This is not something we get on television with. Usually it shows up quietly in our lives. Raymond Edmond of Wheaton College used to tell his students, it's always too soon to quit. I won't ask this question. You don't have to answer. You can grunt if you want to. Have you ever thought about quitting? Yeah, we all have, haven't we? We've all had moments when we wonder as we total up both sides of the equation, what am I doing here? When it comes to our faith, there's no quitting place. Paul felt this way in Acts 20. He told the Ephesian elders this. Listen to this. See, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit tells me that in every city chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, he said. Nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. I love that little phrase in the middle of that verse. None of these things move me. Talk about all you want to talk about that's happening. And I'm not even going to start it on the list because it will derail us all. But none of these things should move us. You know why? Because we're locked in place in the center of the will of God. And Jesus Christ is in our hearts and the Holy Spirit infills us. And whatever's going on out there, it might be uncomfortable and it might be something we wish desperately it wasn't happening. But what really is important is Jesus Christ is at the center of our lives and we're standing strong in him. You see, what everybody wants you to know is that all that's going on out there, that's reality. And what's going on inside is just sort of a, quiet spirituality. Totally wrong. This is all temporary 
this is permanent. Everything that's happening out here is headed toward a disastrous ending. Everything that's in here is headed toward eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. I am an eternal son of God, and so are you. An eternal daughter of God, if you're in faith. The Living Bible says this, Life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. What a slogan that is. So what I want to encourage you to do today, I hope you're getting this message, is that in the midst of everything that's happening, the thing you need to do is be strong in the Lord. Know what you believe. Believe what you know. Don't be afraid to be a student and get stronger in the Word. But while these things are happening, put your anchor down deep and don't be moved. I shall not be moved. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to come with all these influences and move you off the sweet spot of your relationship with God. He has no other purpose than that. He wants to devour you and destroy your influence and remove you from the joy that is found in your walk with Jesus Christ. So you get up every morning and you say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I shall not be moved. (laughs) I'm with you and you're with me. We're going forward together and we'll face whatever happens. Then there's personal stamina. Every once in a while I get a little tempted to be a little grammatical with you. I've told you before that I was an English major a long time ago. And I love grammar and I love the way if you look beyond the words, you find meaning that you wouldn't find if you didn't study it. So let me show you one situation like that. It's in our passage today. A careful analysis of Matthew 24 gives us a clue about the stamina we need to endure to the end. It's personal. So if you're a student, you will discover that biblical Greek can tell us some things we wouldn't know if we didn't study it. And I don't want to bring this up to make you feel like if you don't know Greek, you can't study the Bible. This is just a little nugget I want to leave with you. In the Greek language, the word you can be either plural or singular. And when we see the word you in English, we don't know what to think. But in the Greek language, you can tell that. The Greek language is different. For instance, Jesus used the plural you in these verses in Matthew 24. When you go through this with me, you'll understand what I'm saying. In Matthew 24, 2, he said, do you, plural, not see all these things. He's using you in the plural. In Matthew 24, 4, Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. He's talking to the group. In Matthew 24, 6, you, plural, will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you, plural, are not troubled. This is the, the plural you. In Matthew 24, 9, then they will deliver you, plural, the tribulation, and kill you, plural, and you will be hated by all the nations. But there's a shift in Matthew 24, 13. It's a wonderful shift. The word translated he in that verse is not plural, but singular. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. We don't endure as a group, we endure as individuals. The you here, the he here is singular. He could have said, but you, singular, endure to the end. You, singular, will be saved. Isn't that interesting? Here in verse 13, Jesus spoke to you and to me as individuals. He was encouraging each of us to hang in there and keep on hanging in there for as long as it takes. 
Enduring as a follower of Jesus requires not only strength, but also perennial personal stamina. And so don't be afraid to take your stand for what you know is right and what God has communicated through his word. Then keep standing no matter what comes your way and remain steadfast until the end. You know, friends, it does take determination every day, and that's not an ungodly trait. You study the life of Paul, the apostles, you look at the life of Jesus. Um, Determination is a very big part of it. Uh, It's pretty easy if we're not careful to be so discouraged by the things that are happening in our world that we just sort of give up and float along with the tide. We need to be men and women of courage and strength and be determined. And that's what um, I think Jesus was getting at when he said what he did to his disciples. We'll have more of that tomorrow here on Turning Point. I hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, I hope you'll remember to get your copy of the book, The World of the End. This brand new book is available for a gift of any size. When October is finished, the opportunity to get the book that way is finished. So be sure and get your gift in the mail today. And when you send your gift, ask for a copy of this book. We'll send it to you with our our regard for your investment in this ministry. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The World of the End, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, be sure to ask for your copy of David's powerful new book, The World of the End. How Jesus' Prophecy Shapes Our Priorities. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James Versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we conclude the series, The World of the End, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. The Bible contains chilling prophecies about the end times, but right alongside is the news that Jesus has overcome the world. In his new book, Dr. David Jeremiah instructs us how to put Jesus' prophetic teaching into practice. And when you support Turning Point this month, Dr. Jeremiah will send you your very own copy. Gifts of $75 or more will receive the World of the End study set, and you'll receive the premium set for gifts over $100. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. Have you ever left your garage door open all night and discovered the next morning that nothing was taken? We often thank God for things that happen in life, but do we also thank Him for the things that don't happen? I know sometimes the bad things do happen, but after more than six decades of life, 
I can say confidently that a lot of bad things could have happened, but didn't. I can't explain that, but I give God credit for His grace and providence that watches over my life. I want to thank God for everything that does and doesn't happen. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's reasons to be thankful on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.